And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. It is the beginning of the week, and we are glad to be back. We, of course, my name is Drew Fairservice. I am one of the co-hosts of Spin Rate, which we cover the Toronto Blue Jays at least once a week, but usually two. We're back to twice a week. We're back on our regular cadence because we're back, and we're glad to have her back. She covers the Blue Jays for the Athletic. Her name is Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, welcome back. Thank you. Yes, it's been a while. I It would be a test of my skills and then knowledge and memory to ask what we talked about the last time I was on this podcast because I don't remember um it, it feels like it's been a while I think in the time that I've been away the Blue Jays have somewhat figured it out uh they've been playing really well in September and while not perfect I think they've done enough to put themselves in a very good spot which I'm sure we'll talk about this week we certainly will as we as I mentioned we talk about it twice a week here on The Athletic once a week me and Caitlin usually do this as we're doing it right now and once a week, it's me and Ricky Romero, former Blue Jays All-Star. And sometimes it's all three of us. You never really know. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure you head over to theathletic.com slash spinrate. Subscribe to The Athletic as well so you can get everything that Caitlin is going to write as we come down here, down the stretch, where the Blue Jays are currently sitting pretty. There are two games up in the wild card. There are nine games left to play in the season. They have one remaining off day at the end of the series against the New York Yankees, which starts tonight here on Monday. But as Caitlin said, the Blue Jays have been playing pretty well. And because it's been a little while, because there's been some time to digest, but outside of the Soup of the Day news cycle that often we work in with you and I in, in, in our weekly conversations like this, maybe it's time to zoom out a little bit as we look at where the Blue Jays are. They're clinching a playoff spot is not an inevitability, but it's pretty close. I believe the the number, the, their magic number, such as it was, is is four. So they could technically clinch tomorrow, I believe, if all things go as they should. I guess, um, yeah. But that's a lot of moving parts. Let me ask you this, Caitlin. If we sat here in March and said the Blue Jays on September the 26th will be able to clinch a playoff spot this week at some point, they will be the they will have 86 wins i believe is their total right now they will be what uh playing 5600 baseball would that season be a disappointment or would that season be a success like the way that they're on pace now like they're probably on pace to get 91 wins at least matching their total from last year maybe getting 92 depending on how they play down the stretch here so I would say it's a success. I mean, I know that they came into this season with very, very lofty expectations, wanting to be World Series favorites, 
winning the division, all this kind of stuff. It didn't work out that way. And I think maybe in some respects, the season hasn't gone as smoothly as possible. So it's felt a little bit of a disappointment. Maybe the way that Vlad hasn't followed up his breakout season last year with as good a season feels like a bit of a disappointment. I understand that there's elements of disappointment. But I think overall, like if we're talking about baseball, which can be such a strange, unpredictable type of sport where things can go wrong, where injuries can happen, where teams can just get completely derailed for one way or another. The fact that the Blue Jays are still, like you said, not definitely going to make the playoffs in the sense of like they haven't made it yet, but certainly they're in a good spot and they sure seem like very, very likely to get into the playoffs in the next couple of days. I think it's a success because last year they didn't make it. Last year they played really well. Um, They had a really talented team. They had the best offense in baseball or one of the best offenses in baseball. They had the Cy Young winner. Uh, They had, you know, the second MVP on their team and they had all these and they didn't make it. And so that just tells you how tough it can be to make the playoffs in in baseball. Obviously, they're expanded this year and the Blue Jays have had more room, I guess, more room for error to make it. But there are not... Well, I shouldn't say they're not. I guess they could get that third wild card spot, but certainly it seems like they're in good shape to hold on to the first one, assuming that they play well enough and they maybe get a little help from Seattle and the Tampa in the sense of not playing out of their minds down the stretch. The Blue Jays are in good shape to hold on to that first wild card spot. So I think to me it's a success because I really looked at the season as like, you got to get into the postseason. Now, I think it's an interesting question, and maybe this is something that I'll look at or ask, is like, is just getting into the playoffs and not really making any noise in the playoffs, like, will that feel like not success? I could hear that argument. You know, if they go to the wild card and get completely swept out of it, then I think making the postseason, well, a good step would feel certainly very disappointing if they make no noise in the postseason. I think I kind of look at the season as like, you had to get in, and in that way, it will probably be a success. You've taken that step forward. But I do think this team has to make a little noise in the postseason for it to sort sort of feel like a successful season. I think that's entirely fair. I think this season is success, and I think that there have been a lot of folks who are either by their personal kind of inclination or the nature of the expectations kind of been waiting or looking for opportunities to kind of nail the Blue Jays for being not as dominant as they had been. You know, you use the word smooth. The season hasn't gone as smoothly, which is understandable. But I think it's really important to remember the context in which these Blue Jays exist. They're not the Dodgers and they're not the Astros. They're not in a division where they're alone. The Dodgers division is a joke. The Giants, don't let producer Brian hear this. The 2021 Giants are going to go down as one of the flukiest teams of all time. You know, obviously losing Buster Posey puts a big dent and maybe maybe having Buster bounce back makes that Giants team legit. But like the Giants have fallen off significantly. The Rockies, the, 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 I mean, the Padres are pretty good, but like it's not the same as the American League East, right? It's not the same as a team that last year, a division that last year featured four 90 win teams. And this year is going to have four more teams that are going to win, you know, at least 85, 86 games unless the Orioles fall flat on their face. The Red Sox are not good, but they're, they're not as bad as, the dregs in most of the other divisions. They, yeah, they have elements of a good team there. They have a good offense. And they play in a ballpark that they are built for and that no one likes, you know, you can go in and that ballpark can beat you almost on its own sometimes. The Blue Jays have turned that on its head this year. But the Blue Jays are in tough and that 
they don't exist in a vacuum. I think is, is sometimes it's important to 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 realize that a if you can if you if you zoom in on any point in the season when the things looked looked bad for the Blue Jays, the bullpen at different times has looked bad. There have been a lot of questions. There were questions about the starting rotation. There, you know, what's going on with this player, or that player, or this player, you know, at any given moment. But here we are with nine games left in the season, whatever ten days to go. They have already won 86 games. They're on pace to win 90 easily. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll win one more. Maybe they'll win one fewer than last year. They have the best offense in the American League, the second best offense in all of baseball. It's a really good team, I guess, is what I'm getting. It's a really good team. The fact that Baltimore took such a huge step forward comes at the expense of some of those wins and some of those home runs and some of the stuff that happened last year. The fact that the Yankees played to like their 99th percentile for the first three months of the season, like all that stuff impacts the Blue Jays. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. The Yankees won some of those games against the Blue Jays. The Yankees raced out to a huge lead, which kind of put the the division out of touch, which what I'm trying to get at right now is uh, last week or two weeks ago, you know, Ricky and I and and other folks we've been talking about on the radio, I'm sure when you go on, they do the same thing. Like, who would you rather play? And here I am after the Blue Jays split that series in Tampa. My thinking is this. I don't care who the Blue Jays play. The Blue Jays are going to be the favorite. They're going to be the favorite in the wild card. And I'm going to say something that I'm probably going to regret, which is that if the Blue Jays play the Yankees, the Blue Jays should be the favorite in that series. Right. Well, they won't even play the Yankees until uh, unless they get to the Whenever ALCS. they do. Whenever they, if, if they line up in a playoff series, if it's the ALDS, if it's ALCS and the Yankees are on the other side, I'm going to say the Blue Jays should be the favorite in that series because they're a better team. It would, the Yankees it would have to out be of their the minds. CS though. Which is weird, and I think there's a flaw in the playoff structure, and I hope they change this for next year, is that they don't realign the seeding, right? Like, so the three and six matches up with the Yankees, I guess based on the assumption that you think the three seed is going to win, which is Cleveland. Um, So you want two, three playing each other. But also, I mean, Cleveland has been playing well, so their win-loss record is actually better. There was a while there where it looked like the wildcard teams would all have a better record than the central winner. I don't think it's going to end up that way, or it's probably going to be pretty close. But yeah, like, I agree with you what you're saying, though. I think I, I, do, I do think the Blue Jays would have a tough time with Houston. I think they're a very complete team. But I still think it's probably more even than maybe people would give the Blue Jays credit for. They caught Houston at the best time when the Blue Jays played those two series early in the year against Houston, when Houston was still figuring their way out, figuring their way through. They're a good team. But my larger point is when I think the Blue Jays are better than the Yankees. I think that the Yankees played completely out of their mind for however long. But if you go back basically in the second half, like the Blue Jays have the third best record in the American League, you know, just behind Cleveland, who is playing in truly a like a truly terrible division full of teams that are losing on purpose or can't even help but trip over their own dicks such as the point that cleveland who did not try in any way to win the division this year have have waltzed into the american central division i think the blue jays are better than tampa bay and that's something that ricky and i talked about last night and i think the blue jays are better than the yankees like the yankees have a great record the yankees are, are, are a mile ahead in the division because I think every there there are always kind of these error bars and always you know lines of probability and things like that for any given outcome on on the team, and for the first three months of the season, every the Yankees hit yes on everything. They hit the 99th percentile on everything. You know, Aaron Judge is having the season of of anyone's lifetime, right? Which you wouldn't have expected. You wouldn't say he's going to be a 10 win player, 
right? Going, knocking on the door of a, being an 11 win player. If Aaron, if, if we looked up and Aaron Judge was a seven win player at the end of the year, he'd still be due a huge payday and the Yankees would be still be pleased that if he hit 40 home runs and had a, you know, 1000 OPS, that's still a monster season. He's gone so far above that. Nestor Cortez on and on and on. I think the Blue Jays are better. The Blue Jays look the part of the better team almost every time they take the field. Sure, they might have a couple stumbles. They, they don't win every night. They're not going to. They're not the Dodgers, who are just like the class of baseball and a team that we'll probably remember years and years and years on. They're good. The Blue Jays are good. I, it doesn't seem like it should be a controversial opinion that this team that has a good payroll and a good, <laughs> and a good, uh, and a good foundation of young players is good, but but in some ways it feels like we're we're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think the other shoe that to drop is is the fact that the Blue Jays are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. They might maybe maybe they're not. Maybe they maybe they lose two or three to Tampa Bay at home. Maybe they fall in this last week and end up having to go to the trop and nightmares ensue. I still would take my chances. I guess what I'm saying is I'm I'm fully prepared right now to take my chances with this Blue Jays team. And I still think that if they get to the ALCS and they lose to to the Yankees or whatever happens, or if they get to the World Series, that's a successful season. They, it would be great if they win. That's what they want. And I agree that for it to be classified as a successful season, they do need to have some success in the playoffs. This is getting in isn't enough. But they've gotten in. They're going to get in comfortably, truth be told, with a very good chance of hosting the wildcard games. That is the beginnings of a successful season. That's a successful regular season that they, the, that October can then undo on its own. I think the Yankees first half really skewed things. Um, and it, I think people are probably still living a little bit in that, like the Blue, Blue Jays have underperformed because they didn't win the division or they're not even close to the Yankees. When really, as you pointed out, like, Everything that could go right for the Yankees went absolutely right in the first half and almost beyond that. Not just going right, but like seeding. Like everyone hit their ceiling, absolute ceiling. And obviously Aaron Judge has blown through that ceiling and is just in a different universe at this point, the way he's been playing. Most of the other Yankees have kind of come down to earth a little bit. Their bullpen certainly doesn't look as scary as it once was. Their rotation, everyone's kind of fallen um, more to their career norms as opposed to sort of their absolute best. And I think the Blue Jays, for all their sort of like ups and downs, I feel like you mostly look up and down the roster and with a few with a few exceptions i think most people have kind of performed how you wanted them to maybe slightly below their absolute ceilings but i think at the end of the year we're going to look at everybody's numbers and think like yeah that's where they should be like you know maybe alejandro kirk over overperformed a little bit based on what we expected of him maybe vlad underperformed a little bit based on what we expected of him i think the fact that bo bachette has had such an incredible september he's really gonna end the season right around where he was last year quite honestly a bit better in some regard only because of the offensive environment this year which was not as good as last year but He's going to be right up there in the American League in terms of like hits, RBI. I think he's leading the team in RBI, doubles. He's just doing a lot of Bobachette things um, thanks to this incredible month that he's had. Up and down the starting rotation, Alec Manoa, whether he met or exceeded ex expectations, I think uh, Kevin Gosman was right where you want him. Burrios probably comes in under expectations a little bit, but you know, Kikuchi also coming in under, but other guys sort of overperformed. I guess like what I'm saying is that I, I sort of think that when we pull back and we look at this season, I think it's right around maybe what we should have expected with the exception of not winning the division. And I think that's only because of the way that the Yankees played. And the Blue Jays 
I think they, you know, maybe famous last words, but I think they're a, a team that is well suited for the postseason. I think they have the right mix of, you know, talent, experience, confidence. Like, you know, I think that they they have a good closer, which you're going to need. They have enough guys in the bullpen that are proven to be able to handle high leverage. They have three to four good starters, depending on which Brio shows up, um, which is what you need for the postseason. They've obviously got an offense that can do a lot of damage. They have an offense that, unlike a team like Cleveland, for example, like the Jays have an offense that does damage, uh, consistently does damage, and can score runs in bunches. And that's actually what you want to rely on on the postseason, this team that can hit home runs. Because home runs win you games in the postseason. The thing with Cleveland, which is like, they don't hit many home runs. And as you said, said like they are playing in a division where other teams just don't score so like they they can just slap a bunch of singles together and they can get it done but I mean they have a really good pitching staff so they're still like you know not a team to totally disregard or anything but I think the way the Blue Jays are built like I actually think they're a team well built for the postseason where they have enough reliable power hitters that up and down that lineup anyone can step up and hit a three-run home run and that goes and not every team I think has the lineup to do that I think that that the key kind of thing that I would jump on what you've said is is the length of the Blue Jays lineup right the Blue Jays don't run out of good hitters once you get out of the top three or four if you're a a, a fan of the team that doesn't watch the Blue Jays very often you're going to see Matt Chapman come up and you're going to see Teoscar Hernandez come up and you're going to be like Who's this guy? In a way, right? Like, relatively speaking. If you're a team that's playing the Blue Jays and you get through, you know, Springer and 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 Vlad, and then there's Bo, and then if you get through, or, or you get through Kirk, who everyone will know because of the All-Star game and because he's Kirk and he's kind of a singularity. Um, but, like, you still have so many other good hitters to get through. And Danny Jansen as well. You know, like it's just there's a lot of good hitters in the Blue Jays lineup. They are a walking big inning, which is the way that the game is played. And and it, the stupid thing is, it's the way that the game has been played for like 30 years. But depending on who you talk to or who is in the broadcast booth, you, it's made to seem as though as this is some kind of like bastardized version of the uh, like this was this was you know uh, Earl Weaver's whole thing, right? Like play you play for the big inning the blue jays are built for the big inning the blue jays are built to have a big inning at any point during the game because there's guys who can take you deep there are guys who can get on and the blue jays are good about mixing and matching and putting put guys as you've heard me say a million times putting guys into positions to succeed and that's tough to play against that's that's stressful on your starting pitching that's stressful if you have to get into your bullpen early when it's all systems go and like everything is geared towards winning a given game if it's in the opening round if they have just got to win two so then it's like and nobody everybody's available everyone's is coming out of that bullpen no matter what the situation is if you need to get two to move on to get to the next round which is again the way the game is played now that it's just like anybody and everybody's coming out of that bullpen if you need to get six outs suddenly you might see somebody you don't expect to see coming out of there at the end of the game so the Blue Jays are, are are a tough matchup, I think, for all those teams. And they're in a good position to make the year feel a lot more successful than it might feel if you had it in your head that the Blue Jays were going to just stroll through the toughest division in baseball all the way to the to the wire to wire and then just waltz into the playoffs and just start stomping people. Because, uh, you know, the thing that I've said, and I, I think it could still come too, right? There, there, there is still that Yankees April, May, June piece where like, Suddenly, if everything clicks for that Blue Jays offense 
And suddenly it's, it's like you're, you're, no one's beating them. If Vlad continues to find his home run stroke and Teoscar Hernandez is like punishing mistakes, 460 feet, and Danny Jansen is doing what he does, like they're not going to lose to anybody. Dodgers. They're not going to lose to anybody in the American League if if that if the offense starts clicking and hitting home runs. Like they're really really tough. This is a, this is a Blue Jays podcast, so like you know, maybe you can call me a whatever you want. But like, Homer, I'm a Homer. I'm a fr- I'm an apologist. <laughs> I'm on the Rogers payroll. But at the end of the day, they're a good team. They're a good team that's playing well. They're a good team that goes and again is in control of their destiny and and handled that Tampa Bay series, taking two of four from Tampa this time, taking three of five from Tampa in the previous series, like. I don't know what else you want, right? You know, you you, you play in Tampa nine times, you win five. Like, okay, take that every time. You're going on to the next round if you get if you have to play Tampa in a real series. Like, okay, happily, happily t- taking that and moving on. Happily contending with the with the Orioles threat. Happily, you know, going in and facing these, these Yankees when it's not that there's nothing to play for, but it'll be an interesting series if nothing else. Yeah, obviously. Now we have I a week ago, Aaron Judge, I think got to home run like. 59 or something a while like not a while ago but like you know enough games ago that i was like oh there's no chance we're gonna see him try and hit 61 and 62 in toronto like he'll he'll get it done by then but now actually we might it's 61 that he he's hit 60 right so yeah so he's going for 61 which would tie the american league record and then 62 would obviously be the new american league record you're rolling your eyes and shaking your head i think maybe because the American League record is still like six all time. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I know. Why are we doing this? I know why we're doing this. Yeah, I think it's because of the uniform that he wears. The home run record is 73. And then the record after that is 70. And then after that, it's 66. Like, let's be real. That was, that's the home run record. The fainting couches for the fact that the game was on Apple TV Plus, like, <laughs> which is why why weren't people mad that it was on ESPN Baseball? Like, I I understand because I I heard the argument for like the Apple TV hard for some people to access. I get it. When then when the Blue Jays play Apple TV, I just tell my parents, "Sorry, I'll tell you what happened in the game." Like, I can't explain to them how to get Apple TV. It's just it's too much. But then there was also the argument that like, oh, well, we won't hear Michael K. We won't hear Michael K. Call it like, and that's the travesty. It was like you know sunday night baseball is on espn and you're not it's then it's not the local broadcast either but no one but that's because everybody unwittingly pays for espn as part of their cable bill but still you're not hearing michael k's voice if aaron judge hits it uh what is what are they talking about a blessing a blessing in disguise the other reason we know why they're they're like i'm gonna i'm gonna do some stuff that's probably gonna get me into some legal trouble here but in the old days there wasn't a there was a time not that long ago where if a player who was in a contract year, who was on the wrong side of 30, who was always hurt, had a career season breaking home run records out of nowhere, and he was all very, very healthy for the first time in like five years, that would arouse suspicion in the old days. I'm just putting that out there. That, 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 that's the kind of thing that if you were, say, a guy who wasn't known as a big home run hitter and then hit home runs, that people would dog you as a, as a, as a steroid user for your whole career. Um, you know, while they test now, what are they testing for? If I'm sitting, if I'm looking down the barrel of a $400 million paycheck, I can get the designer stuff. That's for sure. And they ain't never going to find it. You're going to get some angry, angry Yankees tweets, I think. Good. Let them come. 
Let them come with their with their garbled syntax and their Nestor Cortez profile pictures. Let them come. No, then no <laughs> one's going to say anything to me. My thing is, who cares? I don't care. If I, Aaron Judge could be putting everything in the in the in the medicine cabinet in his body, I don't think that he is. He's a great hitter. He had 50 home runs like when he was, you know, in his second year in the league. This isn't truly out of character. But there was a time when though a lot of those kind of key indicators would flag suspicion. It doesn't anymore because the league did enough to to win that PR battle to rebrand and reposition itself as a as a as a, as a game that with, with integrity. So cool. I'm all I'm all, all on board. But let's just not remember. Let's not forget that stuff when they start talking. When that bullshit real home run record starts, because you know it's going to happen. So there, it's going to happen. Is it though? all those all those Nestor for sigh at you know whatever? Yeah, it's they're going to do it. One hundred percent. It's going to happen. You're going to see it. And, and my thing with Yankee fans, I said this on Twitter, and I truly believe it, that Yankee fans aren't any, any dumber, any worse, any more obnoxious than any other fan base. There's just more of them. So they just become louder because there's so many. I do think the 61 thing is kind of funny. Like, it's, I don't know. I guess let, let them have this. But, like, I don't, I don't remember, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't remember ever being that big of a deal about like the AL, especially individual AL records. Like I, don't, I couldn't even name like any significant AL records that have come down lately, if there any have. Like I know there's certainly like fanfare when maybe a team is on a winning streak and there's like the AL winning streak and then like the... So I, I understand maybe like that being significant, but in terms of like the AL record for any number of things uh i don't really remember there being such fanfare looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
what's the National League record for the longest hitting streak, right? People know what is the longest hitting streak. I wonder why that is. What's the National League record for, you know, whatever. It's it's, it's dumb. But again, shout out to Aaron Judge. He's going to get paid and he's going to have earned it, you know, 10 See, times But look, over. now someone in Toronto might have a chance to make a lot of money if they catch that Aaron Judge home run. And they're not wrong. There's a part of me that's like, whatever, it's not mine. This is the baseball. Here, Aaron Judge, you can have it. I mean, I like that Albert Pujols. He's like, it's worth more to you than it is to me. So, you know, keep it. Keep it and sell it. And I would never pay money for something like that. I just, I'm not like a real collectibles kind of guy. I would just ask for a lot of stuff from the team. Like, I think I wouldn't, I would give the ball back because I don't really care. And I can't imagine wanting to go through the hassle of like trying to sell a ball, like all the things you would have to do. And I don't even know the process. I wouldn't want to do that. But I would certainly ask for a lot from the team. Like if I was a big Jays fan or something and I caught that Aaron Judge home run ball, I would ask for a ton of stuff from both the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Season tickets next year. And like I would just I would just try and ask for a ton of stuff and see what you could get. That would be my play. It's worth more to some rich guy, rich guy collector than it is to the team itself or, or, the, or the player, unless the player really wants it. I don't think that it would be that much of a hassle. The, the hardest hassle would be getting from your seat to the authenticator and then to safety. You get the ball authenticated and get the fuck out of there. And then you just hire like a broker like you would if you, if you were, if you, if some relative of yours gave you like a valuable work of art. Like, here, broker, sell this for me. I'll give you 15% of whatever but I, we see, get. See, like, I wouldn't know. Like, am I getting the best value for this? I wouldn't know who to trust. Well, you put it up in an auction, right? It's just whatever they pay, they pay. I know. But then I would think, ah, did I not get enough? I don't know. Like, I just, it would be so much paranoia for me that I wouldn't want to deal with it. So it's like, I, I don't know. I would just like, I again, like, I think I would just want stuff. Like, a signed jersey and like a signed bat and like, yeah, maybe some free tickets. You know, I would ask for a lot and then see what I can actually get. You're helping me because I am not like a collector. I don't have sports stuff. I don't have Blue Jay stuff. I have my Ichiro, Ichiro Uno, uh, and that's about it. So I wouldn't want any of that stuff. Just give me the money. <laughs> as, as this conversation is progressing, I'm getting greedier and greedier. The team hmm? wouldn't pay much for the ball. I don't they? want to give it to the team. I want to give it to, to the guy who owns, you know, six different gym. What's that, like, really high-end gym? Like, whatever. Some guy that owns six of those fancy gyms in, in Manhattan. and Or some guy who's, like, a partner in some white shoe law firm who loves the Yankees and has his whole life. Like, he's got the money. He wants it. He wants to have it in his office. So someone comes in and be like, you see this ball? This ball is Aaron Judge, 61st home, 62nd home run ball. That's the ball. Some bum on the Blue Jays threw that ball, landed in the seats in the, at the Sky Dome. He doesn't talk like that. He's a lawyer. He's very rich and educated. But like, that's who I'm. I want his money. I don't want the team's money. I've come full circle or uh, 180. I've done a 180 on this now. I want, give me all you got. There, what's his name now? Eugene uh, Furman. He's like the labor guy who was, uh, who's on Twitter. He's talking a lot about this stuff. He was like, he's like, don't give it to him. He's waiting. I sit on a $400 million pay, uh, paycheck. Don't give it to him. Get it, sell it, change your life. And I was like, I got you. You are right. <laughs> change your life. I see that. I just think my... I would not want to, I wouldn't want the stress of it. I'd just, hey, Aaron Judge, give it to your parents. Give it to your parents. You're going to give, the, he's going to give them a mansion in, uh, in, uh, on, on, off of uh, Pebble Beach or something like that. Like, they, they don't, they don't need the baseball. They got lots of those. I want to kind of circle back to a little bit of our zoom out and like that my arrogance that will no, in no way come back to haunt me. If you're sitting here, do you prefer the Blue Jays to face? The Rays, do you prefer, would you, in a perfect world, would you like to see the Blue Jays somehow face the Mariners? 
Or if everything turned upside down, how would you feel about the Blue Jays going to Cleveland to face the Guardians? I would say, like you said earlier, that I think the Blue Jays have the upper hand in any of those series just because of the talent they have on the roster. Certainly on paper, I think they match up pretty well. All those teams have very good pitching. Cleveland has good pitching. I mean, all the teams do. I I think at the present moment, the Mariners don't look so great right now. They have some injuries. They have some huge question marks. Whether they're gonna gonna get it, like Julio Rodriguez back in Even their offense. Suarez. Yeah, and they're. I think he's coming back this week. I heard, but he, you know, who knows how long it sort of takes him to get back into somewhat of a rhythm. Their offense isn't a deep offense uh, to begin with, and uh, without Julio Rodriguez, it really takes a, a steep drop down as you've seen them going um three and seven i think on this most recent road trip and including that horrific loss yesterday to the royals i actually was watching that game because it came on right after the jays game and i just had it on tv and like it was like the sixth inning i think and they were ahead like 11 to 2 and they allowed 11 runs in an inning can you imagine giving up an 11 spot to the royals it was crazy, too, because it was one of those games where, like, the Royals were hitting some balls pretty hard. Like, Bobby Witt Jr. hit a ball that um, Kalenic, or is that how you say his name? I think I feel like Kalenic, yeah. Yeah, we will scrub his name. But anyway, um, he lost in the sun, but it was a well-hit ball to, you know, like, the right center field, I think. But then there was all these bloops that kept dropping. There was a ball that went off their third baseman. Like, he kind of, uh, like, tried to grab it or tried to sort of, like, I don't know snag it but like it just bounced off him there was like a couple bloops that kept dropping it was one of those really wild innings where both like the royals were hitting the ball well but they were also getting like every single ball to drop which is like that's actually how 11 run innings happen like they're usually a bit of like luck is on your side or you're getting these like kind of cheapy hits paired with some bombs or whatever so i don't know that i don't i think they had one home run i think yeah they did hit only one home run a couple though, doubles I think. bases loaded double i think as yeah. well the royals uh, I mean, think back to that Blue Jays when they scored 28 against Boston. They had what, two balls that landed like directly in front of home plate, right? <laughs> they had an inside the park grand slam by Rymel Tapia. <laughs> hey, man, you bring him up at the bases loaded. He's like Pat Tabler. He's like he's, he's like uh, like uh, like House of Dragons Pat Tabler. House of the Dragon, I should say. But anyway, back to your original question, like who, who they match up well against. I mean, I would take them against any of them. I sort of, I think the Mariners at home, I kind of like. I mean, the Mariners as the road team in Toronto. I like that matchup for the Blue Jays. I think that that would be probably the preferable one. I think Tampa at home as well is a a fine matchup. The Blue Jays have played really well at home, and Tampa has actually been a really bad road team this year. They have a a losing record on the road, I think. The funny thing about the Jays is they actually have quite a good record at home and on the road. Like, they're a very good road team. They've been an excellent road team in the second half. In fact, almost maybe been a better road team in the second half than a home team. But overall, they've been a very good home team as well. So I kind of like the Blue Jays' chances regardless. Against Cleveland, I'm a little afraid of their pitching they've got some good starters like you know Bieber McKenzie and their bullpen's quite good uh, at least the back end of their bullpen's quite good so while the Blue Jays shouldn't necessarily fear Cleveland's offense um, I think that they still can be a tricky team to beat and you would be playing in Cleveland so I, I think if I had to choose I would pick Mariners and then Rays and then Cleveland in terms of like order of which I would want to play these teams. I don't subscribe as much as other people to the Tropicana field 
is a house of horrors. Like I understand they've played badly there, but it does. It's not like an automatic loss. Like they can win there. It's a loss in in our a lot of our heads. I think it, fans and and so I, we were. I was I was at a child, children's hockey tournament on the weekend, and there was we were talking about one guy kept coming back to Whit Merrifield made some comments after he when he was interviewed after the game. I guess it was on Saturday night, and he was like. He's like, I don't know, about, I don't know about the other guys, but like, I I like coming here. You know, he, he as as a former royal, he was like, this place is smaller than the diamond I'm used to. I always, you know, the ballpark I'm used to. I've always played well here. Which th- this guy, this uh, this hockey dad, took as like almost a tacit endorsement of the fact that the the trop is in the Jays' heads as a building, as a place where they the the odds are against them. And I think they've played fine there this year. You know, the, it's a it's there's nothing super sneaky about it. I think it, it can be a tough place to play, obviously, because of, for a variety of reasons. But if the Blue Jays do the things the Blue Jays need to do, they can win there, as we saw Saturday and Sunday, and we've seen there countless times this year. The question about the Rays being a bad row team is interesting to me because I, I can't help but wonder if some of that, the way their team is built is with that ballpark in mind. Like that, the ballpark might be really well set up for them. Um, the ability of, you know, to, to plug a guy like Jose Siri in there and have him like roam around and, and do Jose Siri things where it's like, if the ball's over the fence, he can't really catch it. So they <laughs> make the ballpark a little bit bigger, but yeah, I I'm with you. I think that, that Cleveland's offense is not good, right? It's below average offense. They haven't scored a ton of runs. You know, they had a really, really drop. They, so they've won, I think nine out of 10 or something like that, like seven in a row when, when you and I are sitting here chatting now, but the preceding month to that, they were like one of the worst offenses in baseball. I was even looking, they lead the American League in, in runners in left on base. Like they've stranded a lot of guys. But the thing that they do is put pressure on the defense, which I think at times the Blue Jays defense is not built to withstand pressure. You know, the Blue Jays defense has been much improved this year, right? It's much more efficient. They're really way better at turning outs, hits and balls in play into outs. And I think that that's a function of the way that they shift and the way that they, they move players around the outfield. But individually, in terms of like individual you know, skilled defenders, other than the kind of specialists that, they, that lurk on the bench, only Matt Chapman, I would say, is like a standout defensive player. Right, like he's very, very good. Flat is all. I can way. be quite good as a defender. He's not. An <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Player. Yeah, that's that's very true. Aspinall, of course, is now here on the injured list. And has been looking a little gassed, you know, at, at times this year. Um, you know, Bo Bichette in, 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 on his own struggled defensively, as, as is well known. It's not necessarily worth bringing up again here today. But I think that there's a f- there, and and I don't whether or not the Blue Jays are able to control the running game. You know, their pitchers don't necessarily do them any any great favors. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is really good at framing the low strike, maybe not as great at throwing guys out. Plus, they don't have a lot of swing and miss in their bullpen, which. For a team that doesn't strike out a ton um, to begin with, like Cleveland, it can be a bit tricky. Whereas like a team like the Rays, they have a lot of swing and miss in their game. So even against the Blue Jays, relievers who don't typically strike a ton of guys out, but against the Rays, they can because the Rays just strike out a lot. And I guess I have to look closer at the Mariners, but my guess is that the Mariners probably strike out or they're not like a huge contact team. Or I mean, they don't have a great offense, so there's some something's with this. There's a flaw in there. Um, I don't exactly know what it is because <laughs> I haven't looked at the numbers lately. They haven't played in so long, so I had to re-familiarize um, myself with the Mariners. The Rays would be easier for me from a coverage standpoint because I know that team really well. But uh, yeah, like I, I think Cleveland would be really tricky. I think Cleveland, well, I think, again, like the Blue Jays offense 
is talented enough that I would still put my money on them. I would have a bad feeling about that series. I think I think that you also have like a sort of team that is has that it's almost like the Orioles were riding that like chip on their shoulder type mentality for a while and you have Cleveland they are winning the division or they have won the division so they can do everything right now just to set up for the postseason they really don't have to worry and they, the thing with like their position too is that like they're 100% the third seed like there's not there's no way that they're going to be they're going to move up I don't think and so they know what they're they're just waiting to see who they play they don't have to play for anything at this point so they can lie they can rest their relievers they can line up their um, rotation as they want they can rest some regulars to get everybody in peak form whereas the Jays are going to be playing probably till the last game potentially for seeding you would hope that they can get that settled before that last game of the year so that they can similarly line up their rotation in such a way that helps them for the postseason but there's no guarantee so that's why I would say like I don't love the Cleveland matchup just because of that going against the Jays whereas Tampa and Seattle will be similar to the Jays and that like they're going to be playing down to the wire probably to get that seeding so they're not going to have the luxury I guess the one thing that also kind of scares you about the Rays is I think Tyler Glasnow is coming back. Now, they have lost some other pitchers, and I'm sort of skeptical about how healthy Shane McClanahan is. He's went on the IL. He had a decent start, although not a deep one, against Toronto. And then he left his other start early, and then he didn't look really great against the Blue Jays the other day. So I'm skeptical how healthy he is. But also, if they're getting Glasnow back, that's a huge sort of X factor for them. Tyler Glass not coming back is an absolute no from me. That is like I would. I think that should not be allowed to happen. Um, I would like to uh, voice my opposition to that. If I if I if my voice has any weight in that conversation, no I don't adding to the no adding to the postseason roster. So it's got to be cut add off. Anything they want. Don't add that gigantic goon throwing a hundred and two with that ridiculous breaking ball. Do the Blue Jays not hit him well? I feel like I have a memory of them actually handling him okay last year. I don't think that's unfair to say. I think um, they've actually I'll been decent against him. Because I think the weird thing was about with um, the Rays was what was like, they actually hit Glasnow pretty well, but the, like they couldn't hit like Yarbrough. And it was like, this makes no sense. That's true. Okay, one more thing before we go. I'm going to ask you, this is going to be our, our, from now until the end of the season, this is going to be our like our temperature check. And that is, where on the Brio stripling spectrum do you fall today Mm, today well probably i'm leaning more stripling it might depend on matchup it might depend on where we're playing but i think i can just know better know what i'm getting out of stripling and i would rather go with the guy you kind of know what you're gonna get with i think especially in a postseason matchup like postseason all is all about like trying to map out the game and i think with brios right now there is such a difference between the sort of good Brios, for lack of a better term, good Brios and bad Brios, that it's really hard to map out and plan for that game. Whereas I feel like the difference between like good and like bad Ross Stripling is like not that big of a difference. Like he's been pretty steady and reliable that even if you get like a Stripling who is not at his absolute best, you probably can still bank on getting five innings from him. Whereas like Barrios, like when he goes bad, he can't even get through like two innings. I think I would lean that way, even though I think that Barrios still has more upside and I would have no issue going to Barrios in a, a longer series. Like obviously in the DS, if they make it that far, like he's going to be a key part of that. But in a three game series, 
I kind of lean stripling. I honestly, like, I wonder if they're going to get cute. Let's just take out of the scenario that, like, Manoa has to pitch the last game of the year, which I'm a bit skeptical that that's even going to happen, honestly, for home field. But whatever. They've put it out there. But let's just say they get home field and they can line up the rotation. I wonder if they're going to get cute and do something like Manoa game one, stripling game two, Gosman game three, so that you kind of hope that you can win Manoa and stripling and then you could save Gosman for game one of the DS. Or, like, are they just going to go, like, we need to get this done in two and go, like, Manoa, Gosman, and then if you have to use Stripling for game three, you have to use him, but you would just hope you can win the first two, and then you s- line up your DS such that it's, like, maybe Stripling starting it, and I don't, I can't, I have to look at the off days and how it all lines up, but I don't know. I could go either way, because I know the Blue Jays ha- have his history of sort of trying to get too cute in the postseason and being like, you know, you think we're going to start Ryu in game one, but we're actually going to start... Robbie Ray as a opener and Matt Shoe or I think they started Matt Shoe Shoemaker and then Robbie Ray came in and it actually worked. They lost the game, but they didn't get killed and then Ryu was terrible in his game two start. So whatever. What do we know? He was. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying my I'm just saying that they have a history of sort of like doing things that we're like, why are you guys doing this? Or like wait and see and then, you know, getting a little bit too cute, which can work and it can also backfire. It's hard to argue. I think maybe in a short series you might you like the idea if you say you wanted to do Add some swing and miss to the bullpen. I think maybe you could do that with Jose Barrios in like a let's lock this thing down now and put Jose Barrios in and for an inning and see how it goes. It wouldn't surprise me if they go Alec Manoa game one, Gosman game two. Let's just say they then have to go to a game three. And then it's like all hands on deck game three and you're starting Ross Stripling, but then you're going like four innings with Ross Stripling, bringing in Barrios potentially and like trying to just like lock it down that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's unfair to say. I definitely think that you'll the way that the playoffs are structured this year, you'll need four. You'll need all four if yes. you want to win the World Series. You're not going to be able to get away with permanently dumping one or the other one, which I, I, I mentioned to Ricky last week. And I'll ask you next week is what do you what where do you do you have a spot on your postseason roster for Mitch White? Do you have a spot on your roster for a Kikuchi? I think you might in the DS. I don't think you would in the wild card. If they have to face Cleveland. You bring Japanese Andrew Miller to exact revenge on the real Andrew Miller who destroyed the Blue Jays six years ago. This is a whole can of worms that R- Ricky and I, I swear to God, have talked about a thousand times. But we have another week before we can make, we can play, we can f- openly roster bait when, when we're looking ahead to the po- postseason roster. I would have to assume that by the next time that you and I, Caitlin, speak, the Blue Jays will have clinched a postseason position. We'll be talking about what that position might be, where they might go, and we'll get even more in-depth on who they might play and how they might match up. It's great to have you back, Caitlin. I'm glad that you're well. I'm glad that you're here. And I'm sure that everyone who listens to Spin Rate is glad that you're back as well. So thank you for taking the time. Caitlin McGrath for joining me, Drew Fair Service, on this edition of Spin Rate. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for sticking with us. We're back twice a week between now and hopefully... I don't know, Christmas? When does the World Series end? Talking about your Toronto Blue Jays on this Toronto Blue Jays podcast called Spin Rate. We'll talk to you next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.